I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Siakam the slam! CJ the Welcome, welcome, welcome to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you use and on YouTube. Everything. What do they do, you CJ? What do they do? Everything. Just come. Like it. Come see it. Like it. Repost it. Yes. Re- the remix thing people doing now when everybody sits on one side of the screen and looks stupid and just nod their head, do that. <laughs> <laughs> do anything you want to do, man. <laughs> Today we have uh, we have a guest. I spoke to Brian Mackin uh, during the summertime. If anyone doesn't know, he works with Scotty quite a bit, and uh, I thought it'd be a good time to, you know, at the midway point, slightly past the midway point, to check in and see what he's seen from the rookie, the sophomore rather, um, who was you know coming off of the Rising Stars game. Um, that was a great showing and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys saw, you guys saw this, but did you see during the uh, the celebration or the trophy ceremony, he was showing yeah. the dudes where to go? Like <laughs> now you got to give it to the give it to Pal, right? Right. Give it to him. Hold the trophy up, guys. You know how to win. That's yeah. how he does. <laughs> Winners know how to win. You know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Brian, man, how are you? That, everything's going well, man. Thanks for having me, man. You guys do an exceptional job with the podcast. I've been. I'm a subscriber, so I, I appreciate. I that. watch them, and I, I appreciate. You know what I mean? Just the the perspective and the raw content that you give is is good to see. It's appreciated. Um, That's the goal, right? Yeah, right. Something a little bit, a little bit different with a little bit of paprika, a little bit of caliente. <laughs> you know my favorite <laughs> line. My my favorite line. I'm not media. I'm a hooper. So. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if we're going to talk basketball, I'm going to talk about basketball like a hooper. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to – how do we get better? How we fix situations? How we how we encourage? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the nature of today's conversation. Because, Scotty, I mean, you could say that it's been a little bit up and down, even though, I mean, he's still a sophomore. Um, he's still an incredible player, incredible talent. Um, but checking in on – what Brian has seen, I think, is where the value is. So just overall, your general thoughts on the Raptors season um, so far. Um, I think it's been just a weird season for them. I, I don't think they've yeah. kind of – they haven't really, as a team, as a whole, they haven't gotten into, like, a good rhythm um, often on either end of the floor, offensively or defensively. And I think, um, you know, like, they, they've struggled def- they've struggled defensively. And I think a lot of that is just because they haven't been they, – they had a stretch where they weren't shooting the ball well. And, I mean, as CJ know, no matter how, you know, much you love the game, like, when you're hitting shots, you do a lot better job on defense and just your energy is better. And I think, you know, when, when guys aren't hitting shots and the, the ball isn't moving, you know, certain people are just taking upon themselves to try to, you know, get the offense going themselves. So – that's, and then when you start going down that path, like the ball really stops moving. So I think it's just been a weird, a weird year. They had a lot of in- injuries that really contributed to them, you know, not being able to to mesh together. And I think they had like thirty something different starting lineups. So um, it's just been just a weird season for them. They they haven't really, you know, found their 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 groove yet. Um, which hopefully these last 20 or so games that they can find it. Yeah. I'm doing the damn time right here. TikTok is <laughs> going to happen pretty soon here. That, though. Yeah, both fronts of that. Like, it's been weird. Like, when you depended on these big performances, like, there's guys that have big performances and save games or guys that are hot mm-hmm. and they're killing and they go on stretches and winning games. But when one of those said guys isn't having a big night, it's a lot harder for them to, to pick up as a unit. Like to be able to find offense without it being an ISO or somebody going off for 10, 12 straight in the quarter sometimes. Like you got guys capable of it, but you don't want to be leaning on that all the time. Right. Like you want to be right. able to get an even spread when you got them talented guys and you just pick out the the mismatches or the plays that's working. But when you got to be so dependent on that, it's hard. Yeah, and then, like you right. said, when you're not shooting the ball, like when guys not getting touches and you're not shooting well when you do get a touch, 
It's human yeah. nature. Like it's hard to yeah. stay locked in when it's holding over your head for 10 games straight and you won for 19. It's hard right. to play the game roundly, like well roundly. Yeah. So from the offseason work you've done with Scotty, and I think it also, I mean, you said this before we started recording that you're coming up every one or two weeks or so. Um, just mm-hmm. to, I mean, what are you doing with Scotty when you do come up? Um, just want to keep them sharp, you know, keep everything feeling, feeling good. Want to, um, our goal is for him to get better throughout the season. So, you know, we, we don't have to wait. We don't only work out in the summer, you know, the summertime, you only get like two or three months. Um, so we want to, we want to continue to just get him going in the right direction and improving throughout the year, becoming a better shooter, become a ball handler. And then, you know, seeing, seeing different things throughout the, the year, how defenses are regarding them, what things we need to continue to work on. So he's growing throughout the season, not just in the summertime. Speaking of like the summertime, how, how do you go about, how do you go about putting together the program? Like when you get ready to come home, like mm-hmm. do y'all are y'all in constant conversation about I right, wonder is that him behind you? Um <laughs> constant conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are y'all in constant conversation throughout the season? Like, all right, this summer, this really gotta be a thing because I'm starting to see more of this. Or are y'all just like you said, throughout the season working, and by the time you get to the summer, you feel like you're moving on to some other stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh just so we can find the consistency. Um, I think we just consistently kind of work on the same things um, and just trying to get him more of a concept of how he's playing, how he's attacking the defense. But we'll – like throughout the year, we'll see like sometimes that, you know, he needs to attack in different matchups, different ways. And um, the biggest thing I think for him is to continue the skill work but kind of flip his mentality from being so much of like play, make, play, make, play, make to – being, uh, you know, you're really looking to score all the time, but you're just willing to make the right play if the defense helps. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of been, you know, that's a big of our, like a, a huge majority of our focus, just watching a lot of film and, and finding different spaces on, you know, where where you could be more aggressive offensively. And, and then that's going to, you know, he's such a team first guy. That's going to eventually, like, help his – help his playmaking when he's looking to score more. What have you seen translate the best from your off-season work to what we've seen during the season? And I think it's also important <clears throat> that we point out that he's had like three separate roles within this season. I found like mm-hmm. the Raptors started using more pick and roll and then he became like the Marcus Gasol next action big. But before that, um, they're running their weaves or horn sets and he had a role, but also is very like ISO heavy, their offense as a whole. Uh, but now it's mm-hmm. becoming more and more fluid over time. But I mean, yeah, question remains, like what have you seen translate the best from the work that you've done with him? Um, I think his ball handling, Um, he's able to get downhill and, and make plays. Um, And his reads, like he, because he handles the ball so well, he's been able to read defenses and kind of be, you know, ahead of the defense and making the right pass early. Um, I think it was a one of the, like the craziest plays that he made. Um, I think he was on the left block against the, the New York Knicks. And I think he was doing pretty good at getting to the basket against them um, from like the mid post area. And they they went to an early rotation and he spotted it be- before they even like moved to hit the guy in the corner. I think it was OG in the corner for a three. Like the ball literally like went right over the guy's head, the defender's head. Oh, I remember that one. That yeah, so I, I, I nice. think he's just, that because he can handle the ball so well, he's able to. It, it allows him to be more creative and, and playmaking and things like that. Um, I think he's, you know, if you look at his shooting percentage, it's probably gone down like three three percent. But he's taking. He's not getting as many like dump downs or offensive rebounds. I think other teams are making it a point to keep him off of the offensive board. And a lot of times at the point guard position, his first responsibility is to get back, so he doesn't have as many easy shots. So the shooting percentage is like you say that it dipped, but he's taking a lot, you know, harder shots. He's taking a lot more mid-range jumpers, a lot more threes. So mm-hmm. although the three-point percentage is kind of the same, I'm, I'm just like, I'm ecstatic about his willingness to continue to take it through, you know what I mean? Like him not shooting it well at, at, at points during the season. So that's telling me that, that it feels good, you know, and if it feels good, it's eventually, I mean, CJ knows it's going to 
if you put in the work, it's eventually going to fall. So I'm I'm happy about, like, you can kind of see, like, his game forming to where it will be. Um, at times it's not as consistent, but, like, in the fourth quarter when it's time to win the game, like, if you've seen him, like, aggressively, you know, look for a shot and find spaces on where he, he'll be to score. So I think a whole it's – start, it's starting to formulate a little bit more. Um, it's starting to look like, you know, not just a – kind of like a garbage man getting like dumped down being in the in the dunker spot or offensive rebounds running the floor like on the on the half court set he's starting to formulate like what his game is going to be I mean it's not as consistent because you know that's just like you said he's played three different roles and he doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time but you can see flashes of of, of the direction that it's going so that's that's good to see Yeah, those the flashes that come from just going through the fire. Like you're just playing. You need minutes. Yep. You need you gain first of all his confidence in himself, the confidence he'll get from the players that he's on the floor with. You know what I mean? And then the three rows always looked at that as being trusted by my coaching staff. Like them believing right. in my abilities. I always try to look at that as not them moving me around because they making space for somebody else to do something. Like because they could easily replace me. If they right. had to take me out of my position, they could just take me out of the game and put somebody else they thought. But if mm. they can move me around and they trusted that for a lot of minutes at a time, um, like for him to be able to go play point guard, especially I saw them in San Antonio when Fred was out. So it was a lot of point guard. And I can mm -hmm. attest to the reads that you're talking about because that was the first thing that popped out of me from last year, just seeing the way he was seeing the floor and the plays Quickly he was making. Too. Yeah, like in the yeah. passes he was making and the passes he's able to make because of his size from that position. Mm -hmm. um, that was like the most impressive thing to me about that game. And the fact that he was picking up the other point guard full court. That is, but, I tweeted about that. It's <laughs> insane to me. Like he's but, not a point guard. He's playing point guard offensively, handling, and then turning around and picking up the point guard. Like mm -hmm. at the free throw line. Yeah. And that's a wild, that is, that's wild to me. Yeah. As he develops um, as a player, and you guys have alluded to this a little bit, that he has so many different skills. And I would imagine, I think CJ and I have talked about this too, is that when you do have so many skills, an array of ways in which you can impact the game, and some players, their role is a bit more focused. You know, they're coming off mm -hmm. the bench and they're the bench scorer, they're the post scorer, they're the screener, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for Scotty, I would imagine that, and this isn't going to be figured out like anytime soon, which is part of his like, uh, of his charisma and his ability to just impact the game in so many ways, but knowing what to do or deciding what to do at any given point, I would imagine it takes like years to, to decide. And he's already making progress with it, but knowing when do I take a pull-up jumper here? Um, when do I make the pass? Because he is a playmaking, he is a playmaker at, by nature. And so he's already thinking like, how can I create offense for my teammates when probably sometimes it's like, just go attack. <laughs> right. It's a fine balance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think like, um, like CJ, CJ said, like it, you just got to go through the fire and you just got to learn the game. You know, I think that's, that's an underrated, you know what I mean? Aspect of it is that, you know, when you're young, most guys who are the fourth pick, they're on teams where it really doesn't matter, you know, so they can just go out there and the, the organization is literally saying, just make as many mistakes as possible, like, and go figure it out. You know, I think um, with the Raptors, you have some older guys who are, who are elite, you know, so you have to kind of find ways on, on on how to impact the game every single night. And I think it's, you know what I mean, it's to his credit that he's fi he figures it out, you know what I mean? No matter what it is, it may take a game or two or, you know, they're, like, like when Indiana and, and I think Memphis was playing them super drop and, you know, everybody's like, why don't he shoot it? But he understands that if I just go dribble handoff, like Gary's going to get a wide open 15-footer that's like a 60, 70% shot for Gary, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it's just going to take – it just takes time. And I think what – what back to CJ's point, like, we haven't really seen, like, this type of player um, before. Um, it's kind of like Kawhi, but it's, like, really, like, playmaking forward. Um, so, when people have never seen it before, it's kind of like – you don't know what to think of it. You know what I mean? You don't know if it's like him not being aggressive or is it him like trying to make a playmaker or does he not care about scoring or, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's gonna like, 
he's not worried. I'm not worried. We we all know what it's gonna be, and you know he he he's got great habits. Like he he puts his work in all the time. He stretches, eat well. Like those things are gonna translate. It's gonna take like three year three year five. You're gonna see like oh shit, like this is crazy. Yeah. That freedom, that freedom is earned though. Like mm-hmm. and I don't mean by your coaching and by the players you playing with. I don't mean that from them too. But first, it's earned from yourself, from you trusting yourself and just your game. When you got all this, when you got this big skill set, right, and you're expanding mm-hmm. your game, and there's so many things that you can do, you want to get to a point where you're not thinking about what I could do. You just do them. You just right. play and you react. Like when you're expanding and you're still adding stuff and people been talking to you about the last five games, this shot being there or that being there, you're still computing. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you earn that freedom from all that gym time and all those minutes you play, when everything mm-hmm. is just you being in it and being free, then then we'll see, like you saying, that jump because those minutes will catch up and that that confidence in itself will catch up, that him recognizing the defense, like you said, with the play in New York before it happens, that happens more frequent, it's less inconsistent, and now he's mm-hmm. just playing. There's no thought process. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about if I'm going to make the right decision. If I shot the ball, that was the right decision. Right. If I passed it, that was the right decision. If I did the dribble handoff, like he did, everything is already is seen and, and, and rehearsed and watched on film and played through and lost games, won games, big games, bad nights. All that stuff is going to roll into a ball and turn into this all-star caliber player that we're looking at. Yeah, for sure. There was a stretch in November, December or so where I mean, he was receiving probably the most criticism I've seen um, from my Twitter timeline, um, from Toronto media as a whole, even like NBA media as a whole. Um, I found it very strange because like they're talking about, I mean, you got such a rare talent. He's in a sophomore year. The Raptors aren't playing well. So how many players are going to be playing well when your team isn't playing well as a whole either? Like there was a lot of things mm-hmm. that were going down, but I would imagine when you mentioned you're, you want to keep him sharp. That's both physical, that's mental, that's emotional. So what was going on with him during that time? Was he just like, we'll figure it out or we're going to get better? Because we know that losses impact him a lot. He doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he doesn't uh, – I mean, the, the great thing about him is he doesn't get too high or get too low on himself. So he wasn't really, like, too stressed about it. He was just – it's just another thing that – he has to go through, you know what I mean? And I think he understands like that everything is a process. And I think he was a lot of things that was going on with his body, it wasn't all the way work, right? So it was but he was just playing through things. So mm-hmm. um you start to see it like he's 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 back healthy and you see like he wasn't even dunking for some point to the other season, but now he's and he got his body right in. Um you start to feel a lot better. Then you start to see him just pick up his play, but like no matter what's going on, he's never like too high or too low. He's always just, yo, we got to go to like bad games, good games. We still going to the gym, you know what I mean? We still going mm-hmm. to the gym, we still hitting the gym. So, um, these guys like these these kids these days are like they're a little different. Like these kids been, you know, like he's been playing USA basketball with some of the best players in the world since he was you know, 14, 15 years old. So, like, this is a huge stage, but, you know, he, he's he's always played on a, on a bigger stage. He's always been, like, social media freaking going viral and shit like that. Like, so, like, these kids just have a, a – it's not too big for them. You know what I mean? It's like they almost expect them to be – they expect that the next step – the next step has always been something bigger. So, they already mm-hmm. – he's just, he's just waiting for – it, to be him time his time to be an all NBA guy. He's not he there's no doubt in his mind that that's what yeah. his trajectory is. Because it just hasn't of, happened yet. That's just all mm-hmm. it is. And he just like, I just need to put in I just need to keep putting it on, on the work. The work gonna show. That's all he said, the work gonna show. So um it wasn't he wasn't freaking out or losing sleep or anything. You know what I mean? He was doing the same thing, still putting in work. It was just another thing that he had to figure out. It's part of the fire too we talking about. I think yeah. it's, it's good to go through that because one, it's two things. One is that you see, you, it's proven you right. Like he think he is an all NBA, all star caliber player. By people freaking out about him not playing at that level, lets him know that they think that too. Like For they, sure. you shown mm. that this is expected of you. Like yep. this is something that everybody else can see it too, and that's why they upset. It's not 
a personal attack is you shown us <laughs> that you could do this mm-hmm. and we want you to do this. So let's both go be right. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's both, let's both get after it. And like, as long as you said, as long as the habits outweigh the emotions, it's going to yeah. be fine. Mm-hmm. Like it don't matter what I felt like today or earlier today or yesterday or whatever. It matters what I got to do. What's on what I got to do is what I got to do. It's no, I made the negotiations with myself. I set the contract on the table. We signed it. This is the type of work mm-hmm. we was going to do. Cause this is where we want to go. And we do it no matter mm-hmm. if I'm, 0 for 12 or 10 for 12. I'm right. doing the same routine the next day because the goal is to try to be 10 for 12 every day. Right. That's rare, CJ, right? For someone uh, in their early years in the NBA, like you've been around a, a lot of different rookies and you've talked about it on the pod mm-hmm. that getting to that point where you're so focused and confident in yourself that you know just getting back to work is going to solve everything and you know mm-hmm. it's a process. That's tough. yeah. yeah. It's rare because, especially when you're younger, because it's it's not like let's be real about it. It's especially at this stage, everybody's a little nicer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything's easier. Everything people willing to people around more. They doing more for you. They, they talking about you more. Things are going well. Like, and you gotta always be prepared for the rain. Right. You gotta mm-hmm. always be prepared for that. You always gotta know because what's gonna happen is when the rain comes, you're gonna go back to your habits. And if you haven't been, if your habits have been bad and you just been playing good, you're not going to be able to climb out of that hole. Because yep. you're going to look around and not know where to go. You don't know what you should do to stay consistent because you've just been getting lucky. I shouldn't call it luck. You've just been playing well for a while. And you mm-hmm. got to stay sharp. So once you get unsharp, which is bound to happen, practices, traveling, you're a little tired, this, that, and the third, a little bit of an injury, you got to be super sharp now. One leg not working the same as the other. So I'm not getting to the basket. So my jumper still got to be sharp. I got to be able to pass. My moves got to be crisper. They got to be sharper because I don't have the same speed. There's mm-hmm. so many things that come in and out of your out of your spectrum during the season that's going to depend on just your habits. When you're going through a slump, your habits is what's going to bring you out of it. My biggest thing was numbers is not going to lie. If you were 39, 40% three-point shooter, it don't matter. At what, if you hit a point where you're shooting 25% or whatever, for it's always going to even out. As long mm-hmm. as the work is done, which means I got a month coming where I'm going to shoot 48%. I know that. So my routine does not change. I know it's coming back around. We This happened to my first year in Toronto. Going into the playoffs, I'm having a slump. Everybody's bugging out. You can ask anybody that was in that gym. They saw me in there before practice, after practice. Did it? Did I Did I know it was there? Yeah, but I didn't stop doing what I was doing. The playoffs started, I shot 40 whatever percent throughout the playoffs. I knew that was going to happen. I wasn't worried about that. Yeah. But they don't know that. Nobody right. outside knows that. Right. So we talked about the three roles that he had. And for a little while, he was that next action screen screen and roller playmaker from the high post area. Um, during that time, what were the conversations around um, that role being uh, inherited to him? Uh, is there anything that changes? Because that, I mean, he's a person who wants to be you know, a point guard and you are a point guard in a way in, in that case, but it's more like a, you know, a, a big point guard, right? Where you're operating from a yeah. different part of the court. So what, uh, what was the conversations around that time? Um, I mean, I mean, you see it in Denver with Jokic. He's basically the point guard of the team and everything runs through the high post. So, yeah. you know, he can still facilitate offense from that space. The main thing is just for him to continue to be aggressive. Um, wherever he is, you know, just continue to be aggressive and and everything will take care of itself because he's just such he makes the right play so much that if he's aggressive, it's going to be successful. Somebody's going to get a wide open shot, whether it be him or whether it be you know one of his teammates. Um, so there there really wasn't much conversation. Um, like I mean, when when he was at that spot, he was like, "Yo, they we can run offense. We can run offense through me at the elbow, like like Jokic. He, you know, he made that comment. So he's he's okay, man, with being whatever he whatever it is. He just wants to be out there. And he just mainly just wants to win. So um, and like he said, I think he said in the interview, like he just focuses on winning. He doesn't really focus too much on." On you know is this guy shooting more than me or am I doing this? Be 
because as you see in the fourth quarter, when it's time to win, that's when he really asserts himself into the game. Uh, because, you know, it's still the belief in himself that, you know, I can get downhill whenever I want. I can do this whenever I want. I can do that whenever I want. He's supremely confident in what he can do. Um, and even, like, the confidence may at times be before, like, the real skill level has really, like, the skill level and experience is set in, you know. So he he hasn't lost confidence, but he's, you know, he's always trying to do the, the best thing to win. Um and that's kind of his point, the point guard mentality that he has. You know, point guard's job is to, to make sure, you know, you do whatever it takes to win that game. So, And even at points, being aggressive yourself. It's like an ongoing yeah. thing around here that people are just like, yeah, so fourth quarter comes around, here comes Scotty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right here, he comes looking mm-hmm. for his shots, and, and that's the best time. That's the best time to have. It's true. It's true. But <laughs> like, I mean, how many? Yeah, I mean, how many players mm-hmm. before him have have done the exact same thing? They spend three quarters, yeah. three and a half quarters. We saw Kyle Lowry do it. He always did that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, facilitate, yeah. get everyone motivated, get everyone feeling good, get everyone feeling like they're going to make the next shot. And then when it comes to it, you know, you're down by four or five with five minutes left, and it's like, all right, well, let's bring this home. But yeah. but. How much easier does that make the game on him in the fourth also by playing that way? If Fred's hit four threes, Pascal's got 28, mm. OG's got 17, whoever else is on the floor has gotten three dunks because he's due dump offs. Now when I go into my spacing and I get this elbow ISO, who's coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Who's coming to help? If you can, if you want, but <laughs> like I'm going to just have nine assists instead of 22. But either way, mm. yeah. it's the right play. Yeah. And I, I mean, we just been encouraging him to like, because uh, sometimes he just wouldn't shoot the ball at all, just to continue to just get a couple up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just get a couple mm-hmm. up, just so you can stay in the rhythm. So, mm-hmm. and you, and you know what I mean? Going back to like the player development side of it, um, he has he's had to identify, you know, when does the other team have four fouls? When can I get an easy mm-hmm. foul? Get to the line? When can you know, they're on an eight oh not checkers right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're on the eight they're on a, the other team's on the eight oh run. Like how can I, you know, maybe get a step up, force a switch and get us an easy basket, you know what I mean? So like and those are just kinda like the the game within the game, the little intricacies of him becoming a point guard, uh, like a a really good point guard and like he's gotta identify the flow of the game and I think he he's got enough um skill level to dictate the flow of the game. You know, he's just it just takes a little bit more, you know, focus and experience and just um understanding on, you know what I mean, everything that's going on on because he's basically like the heartbeat of the game where he can just feel what's going on. Oh, this guy's got it going. Oh, Pascal's but he we need to get Pascal the easy one because, you know, he's struggling with maybe this game. Or maybe, you know, let's get Fred an easy catch and shooter from the corner because um, whatever, or maybe Fred is hidden, so I'm gonna go go screen with Fred. I'm gonna turn the corner and get something easier. And I mean, just the small intricacies of the game that you know, it's just experience. Most of those yeah, things, because you just gotta yeah. like we can't. We, there's not a drill for for that stuff. You know, it's just watching film, correcting it, going back. Hey, look at the time and the score. Yo, they just went on a six zero run. Yo, you gotta hunt your matchups and you gotta be more aggressive in this space. Just so. Those runs don't be ten to two. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If they're eight, if they're eight to two or six to two, that's all the. You know, when it's time for you to be be you in the fourth quarter, now you don't have to, you know, fight and claw as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just got to make mm-hmm. a play here and play there, and you got to right right there for the win. Yeah, we used to always say, "Ain't no drill, no two on two, one on one. None of that can substitute for minutes. It don't matter how many games you win." how many practice things you win, how many, like we used to get the belt in Toronto, you know, you get the belt in training camp, it don't matter how many times you take that belt home, it cannot substitute for no real minutes in a game. And you always hear guys talk about the game slowing down. Like everybody mm-hmm. uses that term. It's just familiarity. That's what it is. It's not that yeah. people are moving slower. You just know what's going on. Right. And it's just aware. And the more aware you can be, then the more aware, like those point guards, those elite point guards, they, their awareness is at a a height of like I don't I don't I didn't have it that wasn't I, right. I like that was I didn't have that that wasn't part of my game but mm-hmm. the, for them to be able to play the game the way they play it and have a tab on everything that's going on 
and mess with the coach, the other team's coach, and be mm-hmm. knowing the plays that's being called on their side and know what plays I'm going to run. Like Earl Watson was one of the first point guards that I had a real deep conversation about this with, which is ironic that he's in Toronto now. He used to talk about him having a, like a playbook before he even got in the game. Mm-hmm. He was going to get in the game. He was going to have three or four plays that he was going to run in the flow of things just to touch on how they was guarding it. So now right. that I know how they guarding it, now I know who I'm going to go to, who I'm going to pick on until I come out the game. Right. I'm going to run this pick and roll on the wing. I'm going to run this screen away for the shooter. And I'm going to run one other play for somebody else so I can test that matchup. And whichever one give me the most information, give me the best feedback, I'm going right. to go at that until they stop it. Right. And then I'm going to run this pick and roll because I know they're in the drop and I'm going to attack the big. Yep. And I'm going to do that four times so they change it. Then I'm going to sort of screen away for the shooter. They topside and go back door. I'm going to throw you alive. Like he, it was always, he already had it already down when we came off the bench. And I thought that was, I never, I would have never thought four plays in advance like that. Mm-hmm. Like that just wasn't who, that wasn't my role. It wasn't what I grew to be as a basketball player. Right. Man, Nick mentioned that today, actually. He was saying that, you know, in his Nick Nurse way, and I love his his mannerisms and the way that he, he goes about having conversations without revealing anything. He was just like, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like, yes, uh, typically we open the game and we run a few sets just to see how the team is guarding it. We just want to know because that informs your mm-hmm. first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, right? You're all trying mm-hmm. to, like, everyone's trying to calculate, right? Throughout a game. And you want to be yeah. the one that's a better mathematician. <laughs> yeah. right. Nick used to do a thing. He'd go at somebody and he, even if the play was successful, he'd leave it alone. Yeah. He wouldn't run it again. So he could bring it back when he really needed a bucket because he knew how they was guarding it. Because if I keep milking it on you, then you'll change it and you'll adjust for the game. You'll be mm-hmm. aware. But if I run it and we score and we don't need that right now, I'm going to tuck it. And then fourth quarter, we need a bucket. And stuff ain't going right. We down one. We down two. I'm going to run that play because they ain't seen it since four minutes into the game. Mm. You mentioned uh, that you've encouraged Scotty to get a few threes up. Would that explain why he's taken 64 of his 173 threes in the first quarter? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say I encouraged him to get a few threes, though. I just it's said It's been shot. talked about, though. Sorry. I just said shot. About, though. Got to shoot him. Got to shoot him. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think uh, – I mean the first the first quarter that's kind of was when uh Pascal was established himself and you know as the main scorer on the team he's kind of established in the the pace the he's setting like the pace of the game so I think he's very aggressive in the in the first quarter um as is Fred they're trying to establish themselves and what the game's gonna look like so I think a lot hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That time Scotty finds himself in like just a short corner or I mean the dunker spot or in, in the corner. So those are the shots that that are open. Um, and I think it's just a way of him to be um, just to sh- just to be a part of like what's going on. And I mean, recently when Gary was out, he was actually like starting at the two. So, you know, he was just just trying to fill a void. I think he I think he again, he feels good about those shots and I'm. I mean, I think I don't think it's an issue with him taking them. I think it's it's good actually. Not at all, not at all. I mean, I mean, as we're talking about the most valuable 
skill, um, the most valuable way to get experience in something is by taking them. And that means taking them within games. Mm-hmm. And um, when I talked to CJ, you know, first conversation we had is we, it was about, you know, what we saw from Scotty's jumper changing in the off season, which was work with, with you. And it does look fluid. It looks great. Um, I just think like. You're the reason this show came about. That's crazy. <laughs> think about it. Like he's actually, the reason yeah. that the show yeah. even happened. That's the whole yeah, reason actually, that tweet and that conversation that. is the whole reason this moment happened. Yeah. And Dude, Brian is crazy. the one who posted it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Man, that's, that's what's up. <laughs> um, but you know, through all that, like I mean, it, it might might just come back to this is all part of the process, right? Like the jumpers fall, the jumpers don't, he'll go four or five, like he did a couple of days ago, then maybe it's oh of three. Um, probably rhythm, timing, feel, flow, how you're feeling, all all uh, factors into that. Um, but I I enjoy seeing him score from the high post, mid post, that area. Um, as we talk about, you know, Scotty becoming a point guard and getting to that point, his current role is kind of a de facto backup point guard, but his ball handling, his jump shot has to get to a certain level. So that way he becomes like a different level of threat, right? He's already a huge yeah. downhill threat. He's going to collapse defenses mm-hmm. nonstop, but teams are going to snuff that out and they're going to you mm-hmm. know collapse their defense like they're doing with Pascal. Pascal's always mm-hmm. got five people guarding him, right? So when that happens yeah. for Scotty, he's got to have those counters. So from your standpoint, um, what has been the few things that you've seen this season from his point guard play where you're like, those are a few things that we're probably going to be able to uh, play with during the off season. Um, I think the mid range is important for him. Um, I think because uh, he gets downhill so so much and so easily, the defense is on his heels, their heels a lot. So if he can make, you know, mm. that, you know, 20 to 15 footer and he can kind of live there, I think it's going to be, you know, that's when you'll see him jump from like, you know, 15 to maybe, like, in, like, the low 20s. And I think one another thing that we stress, like, is just him playing off two feet more, getting to the line. Because he's mm-hmm. he, he goes to the basket, play off one foot a lot, and he gets in the air, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of that is to make plays. But um, he needs to start uh, – I just encourage him to just play off two feet and just go through people's chest. You know what I mean? Just go through their chest and so he can get to the line because if – you know, he gets to the line. Our goal is to get at least six free throws a game. Um, you know, we that's just all of us just kind of – that's just us, like me and him, just kind of developing what it's going to look like. You know, can you hit, you know, two threes a game? Can you get six free throws a game? Can you, you know, get like eight to ten points of isolation? Can you get a couple offensive rebounds so it can kind of – you know, we can we can kind of shake him, shape him to be like that all NBA guy, and what his usage is gonna be, and where different areas he can he can affect the game, and just make the biggest impact offensively. Um, you know, once he starts to to continue to grow, like and he gets those that experience and things like that. So, um, I think we're really gonna work on his two foot finish, his little shots in the paint. Um, I mean, he's got great touch, but little like little fades. I think he made one against mm-hmm. Memphis to to tie the game when he went he went left two dribbles, jumped off two little pump fake mm-hmm. little fade, like all those shots like yeah, those shots tough. in that was a tough yeah, shot yeah like all of those shots are, are going to be important for him um if if we want to get to him to where he wants to be um and I think the mid range for 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 alpha scores in the NBA like they all take mid range jump mm-hmm. shots and they all hit them at a at a you know, a pretty high rate. I think right now he might be like top five worst mid range shooters in the game, but I'm <laughs> I'm just encouraged that he's shooting yeah. them. And I I, I want to I think I think he I think he'll he he's he's benefiting more from you know instead of taking what the defense gives you like get like just look for that like initially, um don't 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 let you shooting the ball be a second thought, um so. Just those things, like working on everything that we've done, but they definitely like playing off two feet, different shots in the paint, and um, always shooting it in, in that mid-range jump shot. I mean, it's got to feel good, too, to be able to look in your locker room and see somebody add exactly what we're talking about adding to your game and it turn them into an all-star. Like, this mm-hmm. is exactly what Pascal added to his game. All the little phase, the little short mid-range shots, uh, tightening up his counters. Remember, we talked about was he moving faster and it was just his handle was better. 
He was just yep. reacting. He was smoother. It was less steps to get to less to get to moves. It was sharper. It mm -hmm. was, I need two dribbles instead of four now. Or I need three instead of seven. Mm -hmm. You reach I, between the legs, boom, right, right into whatever it is. It was just a rhythm. Mm -hmm. And all those little shots, the the spin backs, the pump fakes, the spin, the pivoting that the, the, the Pascal added to his game is what took him up another level. It, brought, it brings yeah. you into a position to get 10 more points in the game now if you really look at it. Yeah. Just yeah. based off stuff that you pass out of, that you got other stuff you can go to that mess around and get you a, a eight foot bank shot just because you got your pivot working. Yep. And I yeah, and I think yeah, and Pascal has such a good feel for like, like it's almost like he's playing chess <clears throat> out there. You know, what I man, he's he's really allowing you to overplay him some way so he can get to his spin back or so he can get mm -hmm. to. I love when he gets to the middle of the paint at like at like 12 feet and just shoot the easiest step back mm -hmm. jumper. Like nobody mm -hmm. takes that shot. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then you see him take it with like three guys around him, but it's really just like, an, uh, you know, I somebody mean, might be digging it. It's just, yeah. open, it's just an open yeah. shot. So yeah, I think, and, and I have like, we have discussion, like, like Scotty's not even thinking that he just think he gets to the front of the rim and I'm going left shoulder or right shoulder every single time. Like so, like it hasn't even it hasn't even show it hasn't even slowed up for him. But yeah. um, he's just going to what got the highest success rate right now. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned that CJ too uh, with Pascal that you found it so crazy that he operates from that part of the court. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about like he'll ISO right there, and everybody can be digging and helping, but he know where he want to get to already. He know what shots that it, that's in his wheelhouse, so it don't matter. Mm -hmm what he see around, he just need to know where mm -hmm. he at. He got his he, he, he got his release higher in those shots. So now the arc on the ball is higher and it don't have to be this big jumping shot. He gets to his shot pocket faster because the release is higher and he just gets it over people. He gets that little bump on his defender, the yeah, little mm -hmm. half step back and the rest of the help don't really matter. Yeah. You overcommit. I got two guys on the wings. I got mm. Fred and Gary standing to the right and left of me. Yeah. Yeah. I get a little giddy when I see him just take over a game using his mid range and only his mid range. Like he hits like five or six shots, and mm -hmm. then the team's just like on their heels. And they're like, "Oh shit, mm -hmm. yeah. uh oh, he's hitting this." You now. know, you know when you're in that, that space, one. like I'm wonderful from the rim, so you don't want to crowd me. Yeah, you don't want to send a double. It's like they used to put Dirk there in the middle of the floor. Yep, right, it's smack dad in the middle of the floor. Now you bring somebody. I don't have to be a. I don't even have to be a great passer to make the play from here. Yeah, it's got to get it out of the double team. Yeah, and all the passes are shorter from there. Mm -hmm. Since Yaka Pertl has joined the team, mostly the last two games, because the first game he only played like 12, 13, 17, and something like that. But the past two, um, he's played a lot more, obviously. And you mentioned the free throws with Scotty. And funny enough, his last two games, he's taken 17 free throws. Mm hmm like a lot more free throws. So um, this is the last phase of the roles that I mentioned is that now he's in this one um, where it's kind of like a combination of everything. Now he's playing backup point guard. Sometimes he's a screener. Sometimes he's a ball handler. Sometimes he's working in the dunker spot. It's kind of everything. So uh, what has been your, your takeaways from the past two? Um, I'm just happy he don't got to bang with freaking Steven Adams. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> that, that, dude, like man. Yo, I heard that. Like, <laughs> like the, the shot goes up and he don't even look at the rim. He just goes and just bear her Steven Adams every <laughs> single time. But I, I mean, I think, I think I'm glad that he don't have to do that. I think that's going to like, that, that allows him to be a lot more fresher. And like, yeah. you know, he has a lot more legs on the shot and different things like that. Cause he's not banging with those big guys all game. Um, and I, uh, I think that, I think, I think Yakum is a very, is a high IQ player. I think the more high IQ players that you put around Scotty, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a lot better because, you know, like he's making certain cuts that I know Yakum can, can see. I think Yakum hit him on the first player of the game a couple of times. He, he went back door. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, um, I think Scotty like he's always played with the big, you know, ever since he's been freaking in the in the tenth grade with Vernon Carey. You know what I mean? He's always he's always played with a a, a good big. Um all the way to Mount Verde when he had De'Aaron De'Aaron Sharp, I think. Yeah. So he's always been playing with the big. So I think he likes to find the big. Um, you know, you'll probably see 
more no look passes. <laughs> but <laughs> the look, the look, I mean, the no looks. <laughs> I think he got a. I think he got a no look. We always say like he got a no look passing disease where like it might be like like CJ might be right open on the on the wing and I I might just be like just look for no reason. He's like that's just how he is. But I think it'll. Uh, I think it'll help. It. I think it'll help him. You know he can he can. I think he's a. I think Scotty's a good defender when he's able to just run and run around. You know, he's just like a, a good rotational defender. I think by not being on the big, he can kind of like mm-hmm. pick up the point guards full court and he can roam more, um, yeah. being help and different things like that. So I think um I think it's gonna help a lot, both offensively and defensively. There was a clip uh, from the offseason. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking to Scotty and they said, yo, you play, you know, one to four. And then he quickly corrected them. And he says, and five. And yeah. five. <laughs> I play five, too. Oh, no, I put that work in. You're going to acknowledge yeah. it. I yeah, got the bruises sure. to show it. <laughs> Man. CJ, you got something? Man, you curious about? I, yeah, I just, I got one, one thing. What's the most what's the most consistent thing that you have to remind him about on his jump shot? Uh his I he he broke his wrist when mm-hmm. he was in the ninth grade. So sometimes he doesn't follow through. Mm. Um and his hands are so so big. Um that sometimes you'll see him go like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, main thing is his follow through. Um and more recently, it's been like sometimes he plays too upright, where he doesn't engage his legs uh, to a shot. I can see that. So, so it's those two things. Like, um, those are the two main things. But most, mostly his wrist. You know, we have like we've been continuing like working on his wrist just to get it. You know, like his wrist doesn't like you know mm-hmm. a stuff wrist is like abnormally yeah. nah, triggered I had like that. flow. When I had surgery on my on my wrist. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it takes a it's a lot of work to get that flexibility back. Like yeah, to even get it to be able to go back and forth. Like I still got yeah. some restrictions still in to this day, and we've been doing rehab on it since then. Dry right. needling all that, it just take time. Like, um, especially if you didn't address it earlier when he was younger, he probably didn't take it as serious as he would now. Obviously, like yeah, that's just human nature. Like I'm a kid, I'm a superhero at that time. I don't need you to tell me to do all this tedious stuff. But now, yeah. like to break that stuff up, it's, it takes it because your body is basically adjusted to it and yep. you've been doing all these reps adjusted to it so now you got to reprogram your brain basically to let you be able to do it a different way yeah yeah those are the two those are the two main things double down on that question what is the thing you have to remind him of the most in terms mm. of keeping him mm. sharp just in general <laughs> um, just being aggressive aggressive mindset always being aggressive yeah. um Attack, attack, attack. I can see that. Like between between like my thing for him is to um try to score seven points a quarter. You know, because mm-hmm. that's gonna keep him engaged and like trying to be aggressive and trying to score. I don't think he we've hit that. We might have hit it like once or twice. But I was even thinking about like getting him like a wristband that say seven points a quarter or like when I'm at the games holding up a sign. Just because it, it it's just times that well he'll just yeah. he won't assert himself into the game just because the game is flowing, you know, well, but still you'll get you a couple buckets there or get get you a couple of looks just so you can just continue to stay in the rhythm mm-hmm. of the game for, for when we need you to make a shot. Like you you've gotten up, you know, like a couple of shots. Like sometimes you might just see Sometimes you might just see guys just come down on a fast break and just pull a three, and they they mm-hmm. just trying to just stay engaged into yeah. the game and just yeah. keep a rhythm. So I'm just trying to get get him to stay aggressive and just uh, um stay consistently aggressive throughout the whole game. Where where it's just not like if he scores, he's he's gonna look to score the next play. You know, mm-hmm. like if he scores and spurts a little bit too much, where he'll score like six, like six points in a row and then you might not he might have like six eight points in the first quarter and he might not shoot it again till like the beginning of the fourth quarter and i'm like bro you can't, can't like <laughs> you can't do that and it's it's just uh but it, the game might be flowing in a way where other guys are hitting and different things like that but he mm-hmm. he still gotta 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 stay engaged so i'll i'm gonna talk to him a lot i mean i've been talking to him and just reminding him to just stay um aggressive on offense um and I, I think that's pretty much it. Um, and shoot, and just just 
shoot your shots. You know what I mean? Shoot the shots that you feel comfortable with and and just stay aggressive. Not for nothing. The rubber bands. So when I was going through, like when the league was changing, we were shooting uh-huh. more threes and I was going into this, just my transformation to turn into a quote unquote shooter. Like, yeah, like growing that part of my game to be able to shoot in all different ways and having confidence and shooting off screens on the move more and picking and popping, just changing all the way. I was changing the way I played, basically. I used to wear a rubber band that says, stay strapped. Yeah. Like, we, we used to talk about carrying the threat. So I used to wear a rubber band that says, stay, tra- stay strapped. I used to hashtag it on stuff, all the, everything, just for, like, a mental thing. Yeah. Way, always carry the threat, stay strapped. That was my two terms that I used, just to always mm-hmm. have that on me. Like, if you got space, you let it go. Yeah, you used to let that. that you used to let that thing go. <laughs> I had, but that was what, the, and that was that was that was the role that I took on, though. Yeah, and that was what my that was what was wanted from me. That was what I worked on, and it was no, I didn't lose no confidence in it because I worked on it. I put in all that time. Like I earned the freedom we was talking about. Like I had the yeah. utmost confidence in that, in that part of my game, especially because my coaches gave me the green light in it because they saw me work on it. They watched me do it every morning after mm. practice off day, whatever too. So yeah. like that was, that was a, uh, a fact. It wasn't so much like me trying to, it was me reminding myself like, yo, this is it. Like you got it. Same thing with him. Like he got all the stuff we talking about. It's right. just about him remembering and being, like you said, being engaged in that. Like, what am I looking for? I'm the play. It's gonna it's gonna come off me. Like I'm gonna yeah. get to the basket. I'm gonna get it's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm gonna make the right one. Yeah, that's what that's I fair. do. Man, that's a wristband too. I am the play. Jeez, short, <laughs> punchy. That's pretty good. That is crazy. That, was cra- that is crazy. That is crazy. I put that on. A, I might have put on a shirt. Huh? I'm the play. I am the play. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that sounds like an old air. It red does shirt. too. <laughs> Shout out one. That was some. Those are mixtapes are awesome. <laughs> Yo, they came to Dallas and they broke the rim in the where I used to hoop it. I was mad for like a month. I hated it. Like I lost all my love for them because they broke the rim. And you know, the rims in the hood ain't getting nah, replaced. You, you the got like three to four like, months that jump might get. Yeah, I, it was main event. I remember exactly who did it. So if you <laughs> somehow see this, bro, you broke my heart for like a half a summer. <laughs> Brian, anything um you want to ask CJ? Anything that comes to mind? No pressure or anything like that. Just I wanted to offer it to you. I love asking uh, CJ questions too. <laughs> yeah. What was what was it? What was a typical summer a summer workout for you like, mm. or a summer day for you? Like uh, I know I I, I see uh, I seen like JJ Reddick tell us like what his his routine was like before the game after the game like mm. what was a typical like summer routine and then like um. Like, like in a post game, yeah. So in the summer, without like day star, I'm up at six thirty. Um, give me some like I don't like to eat a lot before the first one. I give me some light, and I go uh, strength and conditioning at seven thirty, seven thirty to what nine. Give me like a shake, some fruit or something. And I would head from there to the gym, and that's when I would do my skill work. So like skill work would start at not between nine and ten. We get an hour and a half there go eat lunch, um, do whatever recovery I'm doing, you know, hang out at the house, be with the folks and either like do either be some cardio in the evening or it'd be a hoop session. This is one of the okay. other. So like, obviously you don't want to hoop every single day in the summer and be burnt out and put, cause you working so hard on your skill sets in the morning, but you also mm-hmm. want to make sure you got somewhere to put it. So I try to hoop two or three times a week at least. And then the other times it would be row machine, uh, bike, spin class, anything like that in the evening. And that would okay. be how the days would go. Some days there'd be double des- sessions of shots, depending on, you know, just the time. Like I would pick times during the summer to like go two a days. So yep. like, all right, I'm going to get one week this uh, this month and we're going to do double sessions on the court. That one week, we're not going to burn it out, but we're going to push just to get your body ready to be go- ready to go beyond this because the NBA season is hard. Like it is. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a grind. So you want to kind of put some of that. It's a grind getting up every day, but you want to put a little extra on it. So you can be prepared because it's going to be a time somebody's going to get hurt. Your minutes going to go up. Yep. Like it's going to pop up on you. Like you got to be ready for that. It's going to be a time when you're not playing as much and you're going to have to have something you can fall on that you know can keep you in shape and not tax you out for when you do get thrown back in there. Like it's a yep. lot of things that you try to, I, I try to prepare for in the summer 
And, you know, and, and the workouts would just be us breaking down the games. Like, what are the type of shots you get? What are the type of plays they like to run for you? We're going to max mm-hmm. out on those. Then we're going to talk about, like, if I'm playing with Pascal, like, where he like to post up at. So if they go double, where's the pass coming out of? Let's get reps at that shot. Like, we just breaking down the game. And then mm-hmm. we do, and it's obviously, you know, all the other skills. We start with ball handling and build up through finishing and build up into that stuff. But mm-hmm. the, mo- the meat of my workouts was understanding spacing and what we were trying to do. So when I got in the game, I just played. Because I had right. been looking at it all summer. Like, right. I didn't have to think about it. I just knew how to find space, worked on If the guy that was guarding me turned his head, I could not be standing in the same spot when he turned around. Right. Like as a shooter, this is me. You know what I mean? Like even if it was yeah. two steps to the right, he couldn't turn around and just and see me in the same spot. He had to have to do a reaction like, oh, it had to be, oh, it had to be something. It had to make him move. Right. And those are like the main things. And obviously the condition is a big thing for being, when you want to shoot, especially when you want to shoot on the move. Yeah. Imagine it's different for Scotty, just because of the the roles that we're talking about conditioning. I, like I've always been amazed at CJ when I was watching him um, in the league is like constantly moving um, how quickly he got his shots off, how fast his feet were and how quickly he yeah. got into his shot ready. It happened so fast. And like, those are like the, those random days in August and July where you're doing that work. Like that's where it mm-hmm. pays off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's cool seeing that. I should have yeah, mentioned crit- footwork too, because that was a big part of the summertime. Footwork in yeah. every situation. Like I was staying in certain spots and just do the three steps of the finishing part of the process over and over and over and over and over. Like we wouldn't mm-hmm. even do the whole drill. Like we before we was doing, I was standing, I was staying facing the corner I was gonna shoot in, and I would work on what we call machine gun, the one, two, three, spinning into space, catching the ball and shooting it. And we would mm-hmm. just rep that out. And then we turn it into a a whole Forger. drill coming off the screen, yeah. but everything always started with the footwork of it and the breakdown of why it needs to be this way, how hard this step should be, what step is going to help you keep your balance, what step is going to create the most space. Like we broke it down into step by step, how many steps I should need till it became any type of situation I was in, I could get my feet ready to shoot the ball. Yeah. No matter how close you were, how far you were, what kind of screen it was, where I was at, I was always going to have enough strength to shoot it from deep. With the same footwork, we it it just had to it had to be that way. You want to be a yeah. shooter, this 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 <laughs> this is what you need. Yeah, you know, like you want to be a scorer. What are the things that we need? What was where you get your shots at? What how crisp can we make you in the spaces that you play in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you used to come off that you used to come off that floppy going going right, like mm-hmm. to your strong side and it's like square up so crazy. Like with you know they always lock and trail you. You always mm-hmm. get that jump up. Like so always I knew get that. If you trailing me and I'm going to my right and my left hand's inside, uh-huh. I'm even faster because I don't have to turn my whole body. No, the other way. The other way. So going with my left hand on the outside. Yeah. That 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 took that's that took forever to get right. Like not, <laughs> but not like, right, not the footwork, but just the balance running full speed to be able to plant that yeah. left foot when you catch it and not go drifting still because yeah. you got to bring your left shoulder all the way around if you don't you're yeah. going to just float away and that was I the forget, biggest thing with that yeah i forget what game i think you might have had like a, a a shot to tie the game or to win the game going that way and that shit was crazy because he was literally like right there on your hip and you let it go i don't remember what what game it was but i remember you seeing that like damn Maybe i don't know how many, you got that shit. probably many games that you did that. yeah <laughs> I don't know. That's was crazy. That, that was that way is so I, hard. Yeah, I learned that, that way is so hard to find balance. Uh, like mm-hmm. going to your strong side. Yeah, because you'll float like you is especially running at a good pace. Like yeah, it's just drilling and drilling and drilling and finding a way. What it's the biggest thing is getting that that left shoulder or your right shoulder if you're right handed all the way around. Because if you don't, it makes the shot longer because you got to shoot it over your body and you turn it at yeah. the same time. And that was the hardest yeah. part about getting, and I can't even say that I can't even call it master, but just getting to a point where I could get to a, getting good shots that way. Yeah. JJ was really good at it too. JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick yeah. going right. He was really good at that. Like yeah, he, he was even really- if he floated, his body would still be squared up. Yeah. Which he was really good at. Yeah. Sometimes Ooh. JJ's lower half wasn't even squared to the basket. It was exactly. just all upper was body that was squared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt going to my right. I felt like I just needed my upper body because my yeah. left shoulder was inside, so it would line up with the rim faster. 
Yeah. So I didn't, the bottom didn't matter if I could just get my shoulder square. Yeah. But I think you I think you shot the ball a lot. I think I think JJ's more like a really like a jump jump shooter. Mm-hmm. I think you you was kind of the first guys who kind of like shoot kind of how Steph like shoots like where you're not like jumping like so high, mm-hmm. but you like just using kind of like I don't mechanics. know more like more yeah mechanics and like not a set shot but kind of a set shot. But yeah, mm. I understand what you're saying. But that's the preparation part. The footwork we talking about because my yeah. feet always yeah. under me. I don't have to go leaping into the air because yeah. I'm using everything to shoot it. Yeah, uh, especially in the corners, it had to get like that because I wanted more corner threes because they were short. Yeah, yeah. So I had to figure out how what would be the fastest way to get them off, and I had to speed it up because and they were encouraging corner threes. So I'm like, I'm not gonna pass up no opportunities to shoot them. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. And that was the thing. That was the thing that started that process was speeding up that process in the corners, like yeah. always being ready. I learned that from Kyle Corver. I watched yeah. Kyle Corver play from the bench when I was in Utah, and I never saw him standing straight up. Like I never, even if he was three yeah. passes away, his hands are always somewhat ready. He always was, he was the person I learned how to read rotations from when I was away from the ball. Like I would know right. possessions I was going to get a shot off like 10 seconds before it happened, just because I knew they rotations. So I would right. position myself in places where I would have to get a shot because of the play we were running. Right. I would switch with the guy out of the corner to the wing on purpose. <laughs> like not, not a no offense, but I'm the better option for this. Yeah, so for sure. We're gonna we gonna we're gonna move to get the guy off the nail, and now I'm the guy at the wing, and I know they want to yeah. rotate from here, and I'm gonna be the guy to get the kick out. Mm. So either I get a shot or the guy in the corner gets a wide open shot, which he's better at shooting. Right. Because I get a full rotation or a late rotation. Yeah. Damn. Steph Curry talked about that too during the offseason. There was a clip that went viral of him explaining how to be a good shooter to some kids. And he was talking about the one, two, three that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's like, start there. That's your foundation. Get that down. Then start making it faster and faster and faster. Then make it more steps and gradually get to a point where it's an easy shot. But those are the shots, like you said, Brian, those are the shots that always wowed me to see you would make is like you're you're fading, you're off balance, but he was finding ways between his footwork, balance, uh, strength, all that, which is all like a combination of your offseason work, and he was hitting it. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Remember Scotty to hit those too? I'm kidding. <laughs> Not gonna put that pressure on him. <laughs> if he hit those, but we out of here. Yeah, boy. it's over. We out of here. Like, it's we it's, it's here. over. With. Like, there's no way. Yeah. It's no guarding that. No, no. He turns into he turns into T Mac. T Mac for real. That's what he turns into. T Mac. Different. Yeah. That was a different beast when That's he was at his peak. Yeah, true, but just yeah. one thing like when he no, was no, at go his ahead. peak, no, no. there was <laughs> not a person <laughs> when he was at his peak, there was not a scarier score during that phase mm-hmm. of his prime, right? Like when really? he was going toe to toe with Kobe and giving mm-hmm. Kobe yeah. work. And like yeah. we know Kobe, man, like he didn't fool around when he took when he saw a challenge, like he embraced it and he usually won. But T Mac was one of the people that was like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. no, no, no. And I'm six, eight, I six, got this. nine, long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got the him. Most I got of- him in. I got him in Houston. I didn't get him. I didn't get him too young. He was still killing, but I got yeah. him in Houston. He was a little slow, but it was still tough. Like, but in Orlando, it was just like yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't get that one. <laughs> like he was, he was the most athletic person on the floor, yeah. six eight, and shooting walk up threes. Like that's what he wanted to get to. Like. That's the hezzy to the we used to call it the T Mac. The hezzy to the yeah, they, called it the we T-Mac. still they still yeah, call yeah. it the called T-Mac. it the T Mac. Like yeah, not Pascal's hitting those. Yeah. And then you get a dude, and then like who's the like he's like the first to me, he's like the first version of what? Like KD basically. Like he's the yeah. biggest, longest one mm-hmm. playing like that. Like that yeah. just every spot on the floor he could get to, finish on you, passed it. He was playing point guard a lot. He had the ball in his yeah. head. He's the primary ball handler. Like Yeah. Especially T-Man in was tough. Yeah, T Matt was tough, man. Tough, man. I'm from Florida. I was, I'm from Florida, so that was I. Okay. That was our guy. Like, yeah. I played against his brother, but so like, T. Mac was that guy. And then he was like super, super athletic in the beginning before like, he had yeah, injury. Like, yeah. like it was like otherworldly type. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like him and Vince. Yeah, it was wild. Him and Vince. Yeah, boys just jumping crazy. Jeez. 
one of the biggest what ifs, I think. Man, for, for, for sure. But I don't know. <laughs> but does T Mac get to turn into that T Mac if he stays though? Probably not. You're right. Probably not. Not saying it's not a good duo still. Like still <laughs> a great duo, but like does T Mac turn into mm. but then at the same time you could look at it without so much load, does T Mac have less injuries? Yep. So now, you know, we can it's mm. two sides of that coin. Yeah. What's on the front office? Got that, he, might have, yeah, he, <laughs> he might have got there a little later. Yeah. He might have got crazy a little later. And it might have prolonged his his, exactly. his peak a little bit longer. Yeah. We could actually have this conversation for, for hours. This yeah. was a Hooper's yeah. conversation, and I love it. Strictly hoops. <laughs> That's CJ what it Miles. is, man. I'm not media. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. I'm not <laughs> I just got yeah, a microphone. That's, that's another that's bracelet another for shirt. you, by the way. Yeah, that's another shirt. <laughs> I'm not I need to start selling media. stuff on Instagram. I got to yeah. get for real. I am the play. Yeah, I'm I am the play. The play. I'm not, I'm not media. media. I'm a hooper. Yeah. We'll this was a great combo, man. This was so fun. Um, it yeah, it worked out exactly how I thought it would. Um, the part yeah. where you guys are going back and forth just chatting was probably my favorite part. Uh, Brian, thanks so much, man. This was really cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Nah, I appreciate y'all, man. I, I enjoy the conversation, man. I can't believe this is y'all job, man. Just talking about who's that's a blessing. <laughs> nah, yeah. Hey, man, look. I don't got to leave my fail. house, bro. I take my kids to school. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's really crazy. <laughs>